Are you currently scared of walking alone? Pay total attention to this voice of God coming to you at this moment, whispering in your ears. Don't be afraid of walking alone, for you are not alone. Believe me, it may appear as if you are the only one there, doing it all alone, but you are not. If God should open your eyes as he did the servant of Elisha, in the book of 2 Kings 6.14, you will see that those who are with you, supporting you, defending you, fighting for you, speaking for you, praying and walking with you, are more than those who are against you. You must begin to see yourself through the mirror of this reality and act in the same manner. Regardless of whatever you are passing through, arise to this truth and make your faith work. Begin to change your thought, word, and action. Don't let the devil intimidate you because this is what he wants to do with you. He knows you are occupying a glorious and enviable place in Christ Jesus. He knows you are the apple of his eye. He is aware that he that is watching over does not sleep or slumber. So he is looking for a way to make you feel isolated, rejected, neglected, and keep you off the balance. He does not want you to see God the way he wants you to see him. He does not want you to see yourself the way God is seeing you. He is attempting all these so he can deprive you of your dominion and authority. But he has failed concerning your life by the blood of the Lamb. He is hopeless over your matter. He can never succeed over you. That is why this word of reassurance is coming to you that God is by your side. Fear not. Your Savior and lover is very close. You need to begin to see with the eyes of your faith. It is your faith that will enable you to see things the way God's seeing them. As believers, we do not wait for sensual evidence before we believe. We do not see before we say. We say before we see. We do not receive before we believe. The majority when others reject you because you decide to be different from them. If you cannot see from God's perspective, the situation may overwhelm you. That is because Satan will give you many reasons not to believe and hold on to God. He will show you practical stuff that may convince you to compromise your faith. But you must stand your ground based on the revelation of his word that nothing will make you give in, give up, or bow out. You must constantly know, be conscious, and declare your position. This will enable you to be strong and never resolve to any pressure from the devil and his agents. Let him know by your faith action that you know where you belong, and you will never deny your real identity, even in the face of trial and persecution. Don't be sad that you are rejected, neglected, or persecuted by the world. Rather, rejoice you are. It shows you don't belong to them. You know you cannot be the friend of God and the friend of the world at the same time. When you take your stand to be a friend of God in this world that is in enmity with God, you will be hated. But while hated, you should not be afraid you are alone and defend his course. You may not see God physically, but he is aware of your decision not to compromise your belief and defend his course on earth. Those who decided to stand for God in there did not receive the world's approval. They were isolated and rejected. They saw them as strangers, and of course, they were. They were living among them, but not part of them. One unique thing about these giants of faith, they let the joy of where they belong flood their hearts. They were never perturbed or moved. The joy of the Lord was their strength in the face of the trial. They knew the value of their trial, so they endured and eventually prevailed. Their lives later pointed many to the one and only true God. They were not afraid to walk alone when others seemed to have walked away from them. It was not easy for them. Satan resisted them, but they persisted, and their persistence broke the resistance. Let go of fear. Don't be afraid to say no where necessary. The fear of what people will say, how will I survive, won't take me as an antagonist has made many bow. They made decisions that violated their conscience to please their fellow humans. 
They knew it was wrong and against their conviction, yet they went for it. Beloved, God is urging you not to be afraid. Let go of the fear and hold on to your faith. Look at Daniel. He purported in his heart to stand alone on the matter of no prayer to one's God. He was not afraid. What he was warned not to do again, he went and did more unto his God. He was reported and arrested, but God showed up for him in the lion's den he was thrown into. God shut the mouth of the lions so they could not hurt him, and that announced the name of the Lord he served in the whole land. God wants to use you and your generation to proclaim his name too. But are you ready to pay the price of walking alone? This is what will make you stand out. Be separated from them. You need to be distinguished from others as the heavenly citizen you are. It is an abomination when people look around and cannot see a heavenly signature on you. The nature and character of where you belong must reflect on your life and others must see it. You are called to be different and not to conform. You are called to set the standard and show the world how to do it. You are the light of the world, a city that is so conspicuous on a vantage point that cannot be hidden. Distinguish yourself and be a light in the darkness of the world. Your being different is very important and that's why you cannot afford to be. Show the way and let others follow. This is your destiny as a child of God. God is saying to you, don't mingle with the world, stand for me and my kingdom, even if you will need to stand alone, for you are not alone. Hold on to his promise, never doubt, he will never fail. We serve a God who is too faithful to fail. If you can hold on unto himself firmly and genuinely, he will never fail you. According to Psalms 23, 4, even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. We see that God is close beside us more than we can ever imagine. God is real. Don't doubt him. You will be amazed. Avoid being a double-minded person. A double-minded person is someone who wavers between two alternatives. He or she believes in God but is ready to opt out when confronted. He or she says, I am aware God will do it, but if he does not, I have other options. A person like this does not eventually receive anything from God. Please renew your mind with his word. Don't be a doubter. The reason why Satan is trying to put up that particular thing is that he wants you to try out your second option. And doing this makes you a doubter of his promise. God takes delight in children that believe and trust Him. Arm yourself with His words. The weapon of the Word is a powerful weapon. Constantly study and meditate on the Word of God. The Word of God gives strength to your faith. It makes you strong in the face of confrontation and challenge. It is the revelation of His Word that will help your conviction. The Word of God makes you stable and durable because it is durable and stable. It does not change. It is an eternal word of the covenant. The scripture cannot be broken. So when you build your faith on it, it will never be broken. When challenges arise, it is the word of his promise that will keep you going on and on without being weary or tired. Whatever the word of God settles for you, it is settled in heaven. And when it is settled in heaven, who can unsettle it on earth? Nobody, no devil. Dare to be prayerful. Prayer generates boldness. You need boldness to stand your ground. It is the Holy Spirit that gives boldness, and this comes at the place of prayer. An instance of this is what happened to the apostles in the book of Acts 4, 13, and 31. They were once timid. They could not declare their stance concerning Jesus Christ, their master, until they prayed and the Holy Ghost came upon them. It was a sudden release of fire they need in their time to walk alone. They could have ended like others and just passed without relevance if not because they prayed. Do not compromise the altar of your prayer for anything. You need fire to walk without fear and intimidation.
The altar is a place of fire. Arise and burn your incense as a royal priesthood on the altar of prayer. Be pure. The call to be different is a call to be pure. Purity is a possibility for every believer. Embrace it. It is an emblem on you that you are a citizen of heaven. God wants us to be clean and pure. We should all live our lives to please God, fulfill His plan and purpose for us. As said earlier, God needs us to communicate kingdom patterns, customs, culture, and norms. We are His representative on earth, and we are. We need to represent Him well in every realm. Don't forget while you are trying to maintain your kingdom posture, you may need to walk alone. But remember, you are not alone. Those who are for you are more than those who are against you. Satan will do everything possible to intimidate you for you to bow. But as you stand your ground on his word, he will fail. Live your life to please God who created you. You were not created to please a man. If your decision to do the right thing will cause a separation between you and your favorite pal, it is wise to let him or her go. Don't be a men-pleaser, be a God-pleaser. We are on earth to bring praise to His holy name. Let your life bless His holy name. Never allow human opinion to turn you against your Maker. God has the final say. In everything you pass through or face, you and God are together. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You will not miss God and your destiny in Jesus' name. Stay in faith. I am sure you have been told repeatedly that God wants you to trust Him. I'm sure you've also been told that God's plan is infallible and perfect. However, let us be honest for a second. Sometimes this is easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, there is no doubt that God is a just God, able to do what He has promised, and able to deliver whom He wants to deliver at the right time. However, the believer in believing and receiving from the Lord must bring his or herself to trust God enough to let Him do what He wants to do, how He wants to do it. I pray that God will use this message to help you understand and fully trust Him more, no matter the situation you find yourself. The Bible states in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5-6, through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. What is the process of receiving from God? How do you enter into the satisfaction of knowing that God's plan is at work in your life, and you are at peace? The obvious secret is found within this text. Trust from the heart. It has been proven that the average person, educated or uneducated, would easily trust a process he or she has verified through logic and intellectual calculations to be reliable than one requiring blind faith. For example, it would be easier and logical to rely on the stability of a four-legged seat than on a two-legged one. You are more likely to fall from a two-legged chair than from a four-legged one. The reason for this mistrust or skepticism largely owes to the fact that we are logical beings, and whatever does not appeal to logic arouses fear within us. This is why, even though people take leaps of faith in businesses and other affairs for which they do not have 100% assurance, they usually prepare backup plan because deep within their hearts, part of them believe that it might fail. When Joshua became the leader of the army of Israel, you can imagine how it must have felt for him. Here was a young man who wasn't among those referred to as the elders of the land. Yes, he led the Israelites to war under Moses and partook of the expedition to go spy out the promised land. Yet other than that, Joshua was just Moses' servant who tried his best to attend to the needs of this humble man of God. Moses was dead and hundreds of thousands of families and individuals had been entrusted to the care of this young man, Joshua. I am sure Joshua tried to do the math and measure his competence based on his abilities and experiences. 
I am also sure that he must have shuddered at how everything he had by himself faded compared to the mountain of this new responsibility before him. This inability to comprehend his situation stirred up something we mentioned earlier in Joshua, fear. You see, dear saint, God knows all things, and he understands the frailty of our being. He is willing to supply aid to anyone who would listen to and accept his word. He is very much aware of the limitations that our reasoning places on us. Therefore, what does he do with us to help us at such times? He sends his word. The Bible speaks to us clearly in Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God did the same thing with Joshua. He spoke to Joshua about his fears and reassured him of his help. Joshua chapter one verses five through nine says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This was God giving Joshua confidence in his integrity. God was assuring Joshua that there was no reason to panic and that he would help him the way he helped Moses. These words would go on to motivate Joshua, giving him the confidence to face even the fiercest of enemies and to come out victorious. Yet the secret is not that the word came to Joshua, but that Joshua dared to trust God enough and replaced his fears with faith. You see, in building your trust in God, saint, you must first understand the one asking you to trust him. God is the Almighty, the creator of seasons and time. Before time began, he was in existence, and at the end of time, he will still be here. Everything else comes and goes, but there is one who is from everlasting to everlasting, and that is God. Trusting someone would require understanding their capacity and reliability. What can they really do or not do? How much of it can they do? How long can they do it? Do they have a rival? And can their rival beat them? All of these questions are answered in God. You see, the earth is what it is today because of the reliability of God. I mean, everything in nature continues to exist the way he put them into motion from the beginning. Nature continues to thrive. Biological life continues to thrive in the same cycle. Humans and animals, including tiny insects and microorganisms are able to reproduce after their kind and survive on their own in nature, just as God ordered them. Mountains, the seas, and other aspects of nature may undergo a few changes, but no one goes out of course to breach the natural order of existence. David wrote about the greatness of God in the Psalms, especially in chapter 104, where he pointed out God's greatness in his creation. Now, let me ask you, if the creation has maintained such reliability for ages, what should that tell you of its creator? I know many people say all sorts of things about God and about the entire universe being flawed and all of that. However, I want you to know that God is real. Creation itself, you and I, including those who refuse to believe him, are proof of that. And did he just put us here for nothing? No. The Bible makes it clear that God created us for his purpose, his pleasure. You exist because God has a plan for your life. No matter how it may look right now, no matter what you may be going through right now, no matter how you even feel about yourself at this very moment, you are alive because God is not done with you yet. The popular Bible verse of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This means that even when you don't seem to get why your life is the way it is, 
Even when you don't seem to understand your situation or circumstance, remember that God has a plan for you, and His plan is perfect. Remember what we read about Joshua. He probably didn't understand why God would choose him for the job of bringing the nation into their inheritance. He probably didn't understand how he would get the job done. However, one thing he knew was that God was trustworthy. He had seen God move on behalf of Israel. He had seen God divide the Red Sea for the people to walk on dry ground. He had seen the glory of God descend on Mount Sinai in thick darkness and smoke with thunder and lightning. He had heard the voice of God when he thundered from heaven. He had seen the glory of God ascend and descend in the tent of meeting. He knew this God was real and was worth trusting. And he dared to do just that. He dared to trust God. Maybe your story is not like Joshua's story. Maybe you are not taking over a responsibility from anyone. Instead, you are dealing with your own troubles in your own life. Or maybe you are dealing with an inherited challenge like Joshua, taking over from Moses and inheriting the responsibilities attached to that office. Whatever your situation may be, whatever the question you are asking God is, whatever you may not understand in your life right now, God wants you to trust Him with it. God has always had this strong desire to demonstrate His might and glory through His children, regardless of our limitations. So what he told King Asa of Israel in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You have done a foolish thing. From now on, you will be at war. Just as Satan is always going about the whole earth seeking for whom to destroy, God is looking about seeking to strengthen, to help, to heal, to deliver those who dare to commit their hearts to Him. If you can trust a human being and believe what they have said to be true because of their intellectual status and acumen, then you should trust God more. Man is limited in many ways, but God isn't. When it comes to our dealings with God, we are our own most significant limitations. Man is limited by circumstances, innovations, time and space. The person you expect to get support from could die at any moment. They could fail ill lose their jobs, be involved in an accident, or become outdated. However, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He isn't changing and hasn't changed. He is consistency personified. His plans for and regarding you are good. You may not understand it now. It is just like pregnancy. You don't so much understand why a woman needs to undergo that kind of complex experience just to have a baby. During childbirth, she undergoes pains and sometimes gets close to losing her life or the life of the child. Yet, she persists until she gives birth to her child. When she holds that baby in her arms, she is full of joy because she realizes and acknowledges that the pain was worth it for this baby to come into the world. Your situation right now is like a pregnancy. You can believe God's plan of giving you your own miracle like a baby. You will also find reason to be joyful knowing that it is worth it. God is trustworthy and he will never fail those who trust him. If he can do it for others, he can do it for you. If he can make a way through the Red Sea, then he can come through for you. Don't forget this. Not only is God able to change things for you, he also has a plan for you in that situation. You may not understand it now, but if you can dare to trust God, then you will see everything fall into place. Have you realized that sometimes you're so encumbered with life's many activities that you ignore very important yet minute details. And yes, trust me, this cuts across the entire scope of life, including our relationships. You see, patience helps us take God and follow His lead each step of the way. Many times we fail to be patient with God, and so we miss the little hints He gives us regarding very important aspects of our lives. 
You see, your Heavenly Father is interested in every aspect of your life. And He not only works on you, He works for you, through the lives of those He'd bring across your path in life. Remember that the Bible says that all things work together for the good to them that love God, who are called according to His purpose. Part of God's goodness to you at one point or the other will be to bring some people into your life. An example is Adam. God had created Adam and given him everything he'd need to flourish in the garden. Yet God noticed that something was missing. Though Adam never complained, God knew he was lonely and set forth to do something about it. The Bible says this thereafter, Genesis 2, 20-23. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that was how God's move brought value to man's life, by adding a woman. Just like Eve, God will bring one or two more people into your life in order for you to fulfill your destiny better. You don't want to miss this very important detail of the right people in your life because of your pursuits in life. Relationships matter in your destiny and in your walk with God. And because the enemy can also send people into your lives, God has helped us to put together in patterns to recognize if we're in His will with someone or if someone shouldn't be in our lives. Remember that the Word of God says evil communication corrupts good morals. This kind of influential communication is the product of relationship and association. You see why God might focus and take keen interest in the kind of associations you make and the kind of people you're connected with? God also knows that women would need to marry a man someday, and likewise the men as well. So beyond just emotional triggers or connections, here are some things you should look out for in order to know if God wants you to be with someone. When God wants you to be with someone, He does these things. 1. Orders your steps in the other person's. We don't often draw sense out of things like this, but it's very true. God does it a lot. It'll always appear like a coincidence and unplanned. However, to the Creator, it is predestined. God creates atmosphere and circumstances for us to be with the person He wants us to be with. And if we don't consider those circumstances, we may grumble when we should be at peace. And we will hasten out of something God is putting in place for our own good. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. When God wants you to be with someone, He orchestrates a connection, sometimes even an impossible one. Imagine the kind of friendship that David and Jonathan had. Then consider how they crossed each other's path. Consider the relationship Isaac had with his wife. And then consider how after Abraham's servant had prayed, how God had moved Rebekah to be at the right place at the right time. This is very important to note. You don't have to walk on the streets looking for who should and shouldn't be in your life. You're human and you'll miss it because you'll be deceived by external demonstrations of goodness by ravaging wolves in sheep's clothing. However, if you prayed about it and trusted God to give you the right person, then you go about your business in line with God's will. You allow God to do what only He can do, which is see beyond the outside and into the hearts of men. 1 Samuel 16, 7 But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's therefore safer for you to let God make this happen for you than making it happen for yourself so that you don't become a victim of circumstances. 2. They will fit into the working of God in your life. I want you to understand that every believer is a work of God in progress, 
a great destiny in the making. Sometimes your association or relationships with a person might prove useful or detrimental to that work that God intends to do in you. One of the ways to know that God doesn't want someone in your life or a person's not meant to be with you is they won't fit into God's purpose for your life. Listen carefully. This can happen even if they're believers. You see, because God has different purposes for us, one person may be destined for a different place, time, or activity, while you're destined for another. Trying to force yourself into each other's life could be like forcing a wrong piece of the puzzle into place. It can never work. In fact, such relationships turn into burdens instead of relief. You see, this is why it's beyond emotional attachments. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we live by faith, not by sight. What does this mean? It means we're not driven by our heads or how we feel, but by faith. Faith being our agreement and alignment with God's Word and Spirit. My friend, sometimes the thing you call love or passion is just emotional infatuation that'll be watered down over the years and under adverse circumstances, unless it's inspired by God's hand. It takes two to make a relationship work, and in order for that to happen, one person makes it easier for you to fit in, and you find it easy to settle peacefully. Hence, it becomes a confirmation that God wants them in your life. Three. Your relationship will thrive more, even in crises. One of the signs that a person isn't meant to be in your life is that they'll not be willing to bear under pressure with you for long. Now, please understand me. There are certain pressures that can happen in a person's life that'll cause them to chase away good things and good people from them. Such casual attitude could be toxic and traumatic to whoever's in the relationship with such a one. This normally would not be a problem if the person in question makes an effort to change and are willing to admit they hurt others. However, one cannot thrive in a relationship that's abusive and toxic. In fact, such deprecation in a relationship crises might be God's sign that a person shouldn't be in your life and vice versa. What does the Bible say about the kind of person he wants his children to be associated with? 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? In other words, because you and an unbeliever are influenced by different spirits and because of God's holiness, he would not want you involved with an unbeliever, especially one whose lifestyle grieves the spirit of God within you. However, when you observe that instead of breaking apart, you're both drawn back together in the bond of peace and the spirit of unity, you'll know that God wants you to be with this person. I want you to remember that intimate relationships, especially marital relationships, must involve crises at one point or another. This is an established fact. Hence, when things meant to break you apart strengthens your bond, then God wants you to be together. Four. This person is interested in committing to you and helping you become who God wants you to be. Although it's true that you can't marry everyone who commits themselves to contribute to your growth, it's also true that the person God wants you to be with will have this quality more than anyone else in your life. Take note that I said that they'd be willing to commit in helping you become and fulfill God's purpose for your destiny intentionally. I say this because it's not just about the commitment, but about God's will and your place in it. The person God wants you to be with will be an extra nudge in God's direction. Not in your own way or the way of the world, but in God's own way. That means they won't encourage you to have sex with them before marriage. It means that they'll value holiness above the desires of the flesh. It means that they'll be willing to pay the price and go the extra mile for you. Believe me when I tell you that we are all a work in progress. And God's purpose for our intimate relationships is not just for you not to be lonely, but also for you to grow in His grace together. And in order for this to happen, there must be sacrifices from both sides. One who isn't willing to make sacrifices for you, especially in line with God's will, may not be the right person for you to build a life with. 
The popular verse of John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The true signs of love and commitment is sacrifice. This sacrifice would involve making you their priority, and vice versa. It would involve praying for each other, fasting for each other. It would also involve being patient, even when we seem not to understand certain things. My dear friend, the kind of individual you'll end up with will go a long way in affecting God's purpose for you. This is why you need to understand that God must take the lead in helping you find and commit to them. They may not look like it, but if you have a genuine and submissive relationship with God, it becomes easier for Him to either place or remove people from your life. This is why I encourage you to commit in growing in your walk with God, and thus building your spiritual senses. Once that's done, it becomes easier for you to recognize the kind of person He wants in your life and the kind of people He may not want for you. God bless you and impact you with discernment as you journey to discover who He wants you to be with. Did you know that the child of God has the greatest advantage in the whole world on His side? I mean, there is a saying that goes this way, one with God is majority. I don't know whoever came up with that, but it is the complete truth. This aligns with everything the scriptures say about God working together with an individual and putting things in order in their lives. For example, God, in speaking to Joshua after his appointment as Israel's new leader, said to him in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Take note of these very powerful words here. Who can tell anyone such words? Even the world's strongest man gets beaten by someone stronger after a while. The fastest runner may hold the title for a while, but soon someone else will take his or her place. Now. These people don't lose these titles because they become slower, but because someone else comes around and surpasses their record. Someone else trains to become faster or stronger and eventually takes away their title. My point here is this. There is only one person who can make such a statement and it will stick. The one with a track record of consistency and strength, glory, dominion, and power. Since the beginning of time until now, and even after, God will still remain God. He will remain the Almighty. He will remain King of kings and Lord of lords. He will never fade away with time, grow old, become weaker, or even die and be replaced by something or someone else. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God is the only one who can do exactly what He says, and He will do, and nothing can stop it. God is so capable to do that He says He will do that He has no reason to lie about anything. Whatever He promises, He can bring it to pass. You don't have to worry about a thing when God makes you a promise. No, you don't. When He establishes an order, no human might can change it. Numbers chapter 23 verses 19 through 20 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. Do you see that? No one can change it. Absolutely no one, my friend. So even if God promises you the impossible, something that does not exist in history and has never ever been done or heard of, know that you are about to be the first. Why? Because if God decrees or promises a thing, even if it was not in existence before, His words bring it to life immediately. He spoke, dry bones came to life, and received flesh over them. He spoke, and an old man with his old and barren wife received the ability to bear a child. 
If Abraham and Sarah were coincidences, how about Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth? He spoke to a virgin, and she received the ability to conceive a child without having to have sexual relationship with a man. Dear friend, having heard this, who would you rather have on your side? Who would you rather depend on, God or man? The psalmist, speaking about the greatness and advantage of God's presence with his people, said in Psalm 114, verses 1 through 8, When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, see, that you fled? Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why, mountains, did you leap like rams, you hills like lambs? Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Can't you see the greatness of God yet? Maybe you have met with disappointments repeatedly, and too many people have broken your trust. And now, you feel like the concept of trusting God with your struggles, fears, and anxieties is a waste of time. Although it is quite understanding to feel reluctant about trusting again. However, remember this. God is not a human being. The things that limit people do not bind Him. He is not limited by space or by time. Even lack of resources cannot stop God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Do you remember how He created the heavens and the earth? God literally called everything into existence out of nothing, using only words. And this same God has all it takes to fix whatever needs to be fixed in your life. Yes, you heard that right. Those things that give you sleepless nights, those worries, anxieties, and fears, they are not beyond fixing. You can trust God with your fears, my friend. You can trust Him with your anxieties. You can trust Him with your worries. Whatever the need in your life may be right now, God is asking you for one thing. Hand them over to Him. The Apostle Peter uses the words, Cast all your cares. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you, because He loves you, my friend. Ponder on that for a moment. Because He cares for me, God cares for me. No wonder He is interested in helping me. No wonder He hasn't allowed my situation to destroy me just yet. He cares about me. The world and everyone else may not care about me, but God does. Ponder over that a little in your mind. So, God asking you to cast your worries on Him is not because He wants to take any advantage of you. People can do that for their own selfish gains because they need you. However, truth is, you need God more than He needs you. He is God all by Himself, but we are nothing without Him. One of the biggest challenges of believers today is the problem of faith. They have had the knowledge and heard diverse testimonies of God's faithfulness to those who invite Him to take charge of their situations. Sometimes, many of us even preach and encourage others with it. But when it comes to our turns, we struggle to let God in. We would rather trust somebody who, based on our assessment, has what it takes to help us. Maybe a good work pay, a caring heart, an influential office, or political position, and so on. We sometimes forget that these are humans we are talking about. They could go bankrupt. They could lose their job or their positions. They could fall sick or die. They could even go back on their word and choose not to fulfill it for one reason or the other. They could choose to do it for someone else, offering them something you aren't offering them. The list can go on, but not so with God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God is deliberately interested in people with burdens of fear, anxiety, and worries, so that He can give them relief. 
God does not want you walking around with unnecessary weights. Listen, there is no award or reward for the most afraid, worrisome, or anxious person. Nowhere in the world or in heaven is anyone ever commended for their fears or their worries. On the contrary, scriptures record that God constantly says, fear not, for up to 365 times, meaning that for the 365 days of each year, don't let fear in. Why? Because fear is a burden. Fear is a killer. Your fears limit you. Worry and anxiety kills you little by little until you become a shadow of yourself. These things never empower you to succeed or motivate you to take action. Instead, they keep you unproductive. Therefore, you must know that none of it is from God, but from the devil. For instance, will God give you a destiny and then put fears in your heart over its fulfillment? Will God give you children so that you begin to worry about them? Will God allow you to get the interview and then keep you from winning the job or contract because of anxiety? The Bible and the answer is no. The Bible says that the blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Jesus speaking on the matter of fears, worries and anxiety said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worry and add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Did I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these? If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What is the believer's greatest advantage? He has God. However, this advantage is as good as nothing if all he or she does is hold on to their fears and anxieties without trusting God with it. Today, I want to encourage you to let go of those fears. Cast them down at the feet of your Heavenly Father who cares about you. You don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. All you have to do is trust Him enough. See how you put your clothes into the washing machine to spin. You don't worry about how the cleaning process occurs. You are not anxious over the ability of the machine. Instead, you go about other businesses. And when it's time, you come pick up the clothes without a second thought. If we can trust ordinary machines made by flesh and blood capable of failing, why can't we trust God who cannot? Be encouraged today, my friend. You have an advantage. With God on your side, you have a sure place of refuge and peace where you can go and lay down your issues and take His peace and joy upon your heart. Don't hang on to your fears for one more day. Let God take it today as you talk to Him in prayer. God bless you. What do you do at your lowest? Whom do you call? when things are at their worst and you're helpless. Your personal strength can only carry you so far before it wears thin. You could try this for a while. You may build a solid relationship system that enables you to receive aid, and this might prove effective for a while. However, there is a limit. There are places no one can come with you to. There are things no human being can do for you. There are times no human being can answer you. Situations of life are no respecters of persons or personal structures built in the material plane. The lifeline of the child of God is prayer. Many times the importance of prayer is diminished and replaced by human effort. 
logic, or calculations. However, in order for us to triumph over the wickedness of the enemy in this physical plane, we must be able to engage in the spiritual plane and win the battle there. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Dear friend, I want you to know this very important message. The world is a dangerous place to live ignorantly and without God's backing. Although we are humans and are still in the body on earth, each physical event or experience is a product of a spiritual operation. Nothing just happens, my friend. Nothing just goes bad without a spiritual activity. That accident didn't just happen. The car didn't just lose control. The driver wasn't just drunk. The bathroom was not just slippery. The boss was not just wicked and biased towards you. The customer that cost you your job was not there by accident. Every good or bad thing that ever happens is the outcome of a spiritual activity, either working to help you or working to destroy you. The Bible tells us that our war is not the war of this world. We don't fight with physical weapons, guns, tanks, and bombs. We don't fight with the National Guard or the trained able-bodied military. These are physical and limited. They have no effect or power in the spiritual realm. They have no power over spirits of darkness wreaking havoc all over the world from the dark corners of hell. These spirits have devices, not physical ones, but spiritual. Job 5.12 says that he frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. They have agendas, programs, and cargoes. They move their plans forward and backward. They have destructive strategies. They have wicked hierarchies that orchestrate their evil plans. You can't fight the evil in the world from your mind or from the works of the human flesh. Ephesians 6, 12-13 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And this is the good news, that though the kingdom of darkness is always active, tearing down lives, families, businesses, homes, nations, and visions, we, the children of God, have the advantage. We can pray, and our prayers can make all the difference in stopping the evil one in his tracks. Why? Because God has established it that when we pray about anything according to His will, He steps in and enforces it to be done. 1 John 5, 14-15 Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. According to Ephesians, Paul had already told us that we have our own weapons. They're the weapons of God, the whole armor of God. They're spiritual weapons activated by God for deactivating satanic structures and for nullifying His agendas. Each time we pray to God using the name of Jesus, God says He'll answer. Jesus promised us in the book of John that whatever we ask of the Father in His name, He will do it. Before His ascension, he also told us that in his name, anyone who believes shall cast out demons, speak with new tongues, heal the sick, not be struck down by poison when they drink it, and many more signs. Those words were not only for the disciples, they're also for you and I who believe in Jesus' name. There are two things that make that prayer so powerful to defeat all the evil that's coming against you. Number one, when it's prayed according to God's will and faith. 
Many prayers go unanswered because they don't agree with what God says about you. I really want you to understand that God doesn't answer you because you shed tears or because your situation is dire. He answers you because His will permits it. For example, a person praying that he finds a drug dealer who will sell him drugs to aid his addiction, which may eventually destroy him, will not be answered by God. Why? Because God would never give you the thing that would destroy you. The Bible already says that your body is His temple and He would punish anyone who destroys His temple. A person praying to have a second wife to add to his first wife is not praying in God's will. What you need is not an extra partner, but a loving home with the wife of your youth that God has given you. One of the characters of a person that would serve and lead in God's house is that he must be the husband of one wife. A person praying to pass an exam in which he cheated is not praying according to God's will either. Because God is a God of justice who rewards each one according to their works. However, when you pray in agreement with what God's word says, he will answer. He may not answer when you want, but he surely will answer. For instance, prayer against the sickness, diseases, and death in your family is the will of God because God's promised he would give you health, healing, and long life. Prayer for progress in order to serve God's people and be a blessing is God's will because he wants you to be a light and helper in the world. And you may not be able to do that when you're living in debts. This is why you must know the Word of God for yourself. Simply put, the Word of God, the Bible, is the expression of God's will for you in a book. Spend time with it and ask God to show you His will. So when you pray, you can claim all His Word says and stand on the audacity in it. Number two, praying in the name of Jesus and by the blood makes your prayer effective and powerful may not be how loud you shout or how forceful you pray, but by your faith in the name of Jesus in your prayer. Jesus told us in John to pray in his name, asking the Father whatever we need in his name. Then Paul added in Philippians 2, 9-11 why that name is so powerful when it carries our prayers. It says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This, my friend, is your PowerPoint, no matter how many evils have been launched against you. The Bible said that those saints overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and by their testimony, so like David, you will say. Psalms 27, 2-3 When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Receive confidence today, my friend. There is no reason to fear. Did you just receive bad news, an evil report, a disappointing outcome, and you don't know what to do? Don't panic. It's time to pray. Don't fear the threat of the devil speaking through that man or that woman. Like David, be confident in the authority in the name of Jesus whom you believe. You have a godly heritage. Remember, we don't fight with physical weapons. We fight in the spirit. We fight on our knees. We fight in prayer. We fight in our closets. And there we change the narrative. Let us pray. Father, I am grateful to you. All the glory and power belongs to you forever. And I know that apart from you, no one is omnipotent. I'm assured that no matter what I face, you'll be with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I exalt you, dear God, above my fears and above every threat of the devil. Lord, I don't deny that there are evil attacks of the enemy launched out against me because I am your child. I know that they will surely gather against me. But your word has said that even when the kingdom of darkness gathers against me, they shall surely scatter. 
You have also said that no weapon forged by the destroyer, an enemy of my soul against me, shall prosper. No enchantment or divination will prosper. In every tongue that will rise to make an unjust verdict against me in the spirit, I shall condemn. Therefore, Father, stand upon your word right now and declare the downfall of every onslaught of hell against me. They shall not prosper. I command every evil launched against me and my family to fall today. By the authority in the name and blood of Jesus, I bind every agent of darkness sent into or around my life and I cast them far from me now. I command every door that gives the evil one access into my life to be shut now in Jesus' name. I command every door the evil one has shut against me to be open now in Jesus' name. You, spirit of weakness, failure, defeat, sickness, affliction, and death, I curse in the name of Jesus. And I command you to be gone from me now in Jesus' name. And you have to, because I command you in Jesus' name. I invoke Jesus' blood for my family, my finances, my ministry, my business, my marriage, my destiny, and myself. I am untouchable in Jesus' name. Where others are experiencing a casting down, I experience and testify of God's lifting in Jesus' name. Amen.